I'm Victoria Ash. And I'm Paul Griffith. And welcome to the Business of Adventure podcast, where today we're exploring what it takes to make a sustainable living from doing what you love in the outdoor world of adventure. So, uh, Victoria, in a sentence, tell us about why people should listen to today's podcast. Well, it's just a great story about how you can do the right things in terms of sustainability and the environment, even if you're only a small business. And you can still be financially successful, give people fun days out, do the stuff you love. So it's just a really, a really nice story in that respect. Yeah, I, I like that. I think lots of people assume that you have to choose between those things or that sustainability strategies are only for large corporates. So it's a really positive story. There are a few things that stood out for me. Mm. Uh, the first is, as you said, how it's possible to be a small business and commit to a sustainability strategy, mm. even if you're starting doing that when you're small. Then there's the importance of living your values, which a lot of people talk about, but this company really strives to do it in the way it supports its team and the way it works with its clients and the way it's planning for the future. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there's a new one to me, which is that why outdoor businesses have a huge inbuilt advantage in communicating change because apparently you're eight times more likely to remember something that you learn if you learn it in the outdoors. Yeah, no, thanks. I think I agree. Those are some really standout points from the interview. And maybe the Department for Education should be listening into that one about <laughs> classroom location. Yeah, no, really good ones. Okay. Can you give us a brief background to who we're talking to in this episode? Sure. Um, so we're talking to a guy called Chris Woodfield from a company called TYF and they're based in St. David's in Pembrokeshire, really beautiful coastline. Um, and actually the interview came about through personal experience. My family and I were up there on holiday in the summer and booked a day's co-steering with them. And yeah, had a really fantastic day, really fun, but you know, also full of sort of learning about the coastline and the environment. Um, and yeah, then subsequently discovered that there was a lot more to TYF than just organising fun days out. Not that fun isn't a big part of what they do, but they are actually known as pioneers in the world of sustainable business. And they're led by a chap called Andy Middleton, who set the company up 30 odd years ago. And he has quite a high profile in the sector. As I say, they've been going about 37 years. They are a relatively large business for the adventure sector. At peak season, with all the freelancers they employ, they're probably about 30 or more staff. But of course, that's still a small company in the grand scale of things. And yet, despite their size, they've really chosen to commit to being a sustainable business, or as Chris puts it, a regenerative business, which we'll find out a bit more about. And actually, just the investment of recruiting Chris in his role is, is a really significant thing to do for a company like this. Well, let's get on then. It's a really great discussion coming up, and I think it'll be of particular interest to business owners and outdoor entrepreneurs who are wondering if it's possible to combine those sustainable values with mm. running a business, particularly when it's really competitive out there and you may be just starting out. Yep. Okay, let's get going. So, welcome, Chris. Your job title is Better Business and Futures Lead at TYF. Why don't you tell us a bit more about the company, its history, mission, and your role? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Um, 
as you said, my name is Chris, uh, Chris Woodfield, and I'm the Better Business and Futures Lead at TYF Adventure. So really lovely to be chatting uh, with you today from the, the wild west coast of Pembrokeshire in St. David's. So yeah, TYF. TYF actually stands for Turi Velin. It's, it's a Welsh name of a hotel here in St. David's where we first started. The business has been going for longer than I've been on the planet. <laughs> um, it's been going for about 37 years. And Turivellin was the previous home of the Adventure Centre. We've since left that building, but the name has stuck. And TYF is, is easier to say. We've been, we've been playing around with TYF, meaning to your future, uh, which is a nice little little play on it and it also means for any welsh speakers out there tuv is is to grow for us it's about trying to grow grow people to be the best they can be so mm. so our our mission is to to help people connect more deeply with nature grow fearless curiosity and build a sense of unshakable confidence in their ability to make a difference and that's in the context of the the climate and nature emergency Mm. And although it is an emergency and a crisis, we see that as an opportunity and as a challenge. So we, we try and frame it as the climate challenge. So, yeah, we're really passionate about using the power of play, nature connection, and immersive, hands-on educational experiences in the outdoors here in the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park. And we do that through various different exercises or activities. Uh, such as surfing, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, climbing, walking along the beautiful coast here, and also co-steering. So we founded the sport, or we were one of the first people to mm. take take people co-steering. Uh, we pioneered that, as I said, in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, and were one of the first providers to take people co-steering. I'm really interested in this, you know, plainly sustainability is a, is a big part of the company's mission and they've invested in your role in that sense. Perhaps we can come on to that in a minute, but you're also a business as well. And I'm interested and I think people listening will be interested to hear more about how sustainability plays as part of that in terms of helping generate revenue or is it something that you generate revenue through having the fun days out but it's kind of tacked on at the side how how do you integrate those two yeah yeah good question i think it's a an ongoing journey an exploration for us we are passionate of having that mission of of trying to facilitate positive change and inspire our customers and our clients and our community to take positive action but we also need to do that ourselves and acknowledge that we're part of the problem as well and one way i often describe it is it's almost like cleaning up our side of the street before helping others mm. um, so we try our best to be a sustainable business and we're definitely not perfect and we're on a emerging learning journey and we would love to be a regenerative business moving beyond sustainability. Tell us what you mean by that, because it may not be a familiar term to everybody. Yeah, yeah, good question. So I think if you imagine a spectrum 
of not doing so good, sort of degenerative, having a negative impact on, on the planet and people, and then moving along that spectrum, getting better, you'll come across sustainability mm. and sustainable business. And that's, as the word implies, it's sort of sustaining the current system or ways of working. And then moving beyond sustainability is, is regeneration. And um, for us, it's about exploring how can we move beyond just doing less harm, but enabling life to flourish. Mm. So it's about doing less of the bad stuff, but it's also about giving back and ensuring that we have a a positive impact moving forwards mm. and that that is just more than sustaining mm. so it's it's a challenge and like you said we we need to be sustainable financially to be able to put that into practice as well and yeah i think there's various different models other businesses might explore in terms of being a, a, a charitable business or a cic community interest company Mm. and giving back in in that way uh for us at the moment we're a private limited company and we try and balance that sense of bringing in money and being sustainable in that way whilst also valuing my time for example as an employee to be able to mm. ensure that the business is is measuring its impact um so yeah i'm grateful that the business has invested in that and hopefully it it generates income through the work that we do, mm. the work that my role facilitates. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about what are you actually doing on a on a day-to-day basis? What does your role involve? Yeah, so my role involves the job title Better Business and Futures Lead. It's all around trying to facilitate how we can be a better business. So it's looking at our own sustainability and impact performance, uh, internal training with the team, for example, we've just taken the team through carbon literacy training. Mm. So it's, it's trying to empower and upskill mm. and provide the skills and tools and confidence for our own employees and team. And then there's also an external focus. So part of my role is exploring collaborations with other businesses, expanding our training offering mm-hmm. in terms of sustainability training to schools, to universities, to businesses to public sector and also that yeah corporate offering in terms of well-being and nature connection team away days so my role is is varied it's trying to ensure that we live our values as a core team and a business and put that into practice and measure our impact whilst also helping other businesses do the same yeah thank you i mean that's really helpful um i guess i'm interested in you know how that translates in terms of the business as a whole, your business model, your different revenue streams, how that breaks down, but where you see the growth opportunities and how sustainability supports that. Yeah, I think we are at a really interesting time. Traditionally, the business has been very seasonal. We have a lot of work in the spring and summer months. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work with lots of schools and young people, colleges, And that work tends to be in the spring where they come to us for an immersive residential experience. And then we engage with more families and tourist customers in the summer months. Mm -hmm. And that means that our team can be very seasonal. And it's a very real challenge for us is is trying to provide year-round employment. And I think diversifying our revenue streams 
And I think this is what mm. all businesses have to do to rise to the challenges we're facing is having that sort of portfolio approach or jigsaw approach or diverse approach to bringing in income. And an opportunity we see is engaging with organizations and businesses through something like carbon literacy training, for example. We have an accredited and approved carbon literacy training, which is eight hours, one day of training mm-hmm. for businesses. There's a potential opportunity there for for not just us, for, but other consultancies to, mm. to rise to. So it's things like that, I think, which are exciting and can enable us to, to do what we do in a more sustainable way. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, that's really interesting. And and do you combine that with experiences in the outdoors, that carbon literacy training? I guess that's going to have a significant impact on people's perception. Is that the case? Yeah, it'd be awesome to to do that. And I'd, we've been chatting about various different packages we could offer. Mm. Um, if you know anyone's interested in being a guinea pig or trialing that out, it'd be amazing to do a sort of half day in the morning of climate science or carbon literacy work and then combining that with a nature connection walk in the afternoon giving chance for people to reflect on their learnings talk about it more and then going for a swim or a kayak Mm. and then coming back the next day to to do part two i think that's only going to be a good thing in terms of cementing that learning giving space for reflection and enabling people to come up with ideas and solutions together. Mm, mm, Yeah. So I think we're in the perfect place for that. I read recently, I can't remember the exact stat, but it's it's something like you remember something eight times more if you were taught it outside. Really? So that you have that huge opportunity to impact learning in that sense if you can bring in that outdoor element. That's yeah, that's brilliant. Um I mentioned earlier in the intro that TYF is a B Corp. I guess it would be helpful for listeners who aren't familiar with the concept. Can you give us a bit of background to that and why the company decided to go for that accreditation? So yeah, B Corp is is a growing movement of of positive change. You've probably all heard of uh, some B Corps that you might not know B Corps. So the the body shop is quite a well-known established business. We've also got businesses like Patagonia, who are B Corps, uh, Ben and Jerry's, they're another global B Corp. Wow. So B Corp is a business-wide certification for social and environmental performance. Mm. And it's based on something called the B Impact Assessment. Mm. And the B, just for those who might be a bit confused, it's not anything to do with pollinators in terms of bees. <laughs> the B stands for benefit Mm. benefit corporation interesting because well i was going to ask you i mean what have the benefits been to (laughs) tyf Mm. of of doing this i mean it sounds like it's very much in line with your ethos as a business but how would you say it's benefited you yeah i think it's benefited us in so many ways there's the b corp certification is is quite varied so it, it covers five key areas which measure your business impact. So it focuses on governance, uh, workers or your employees, customers, environment and community. And we've seen positive benefits across all those areas. So it's 
essentially a, a tool where you can measure your impact. The, the benefits I've seen is that it's a tool to engage our community and customers in terms of our, our positive impact. It's an amazing tool to engage our staff. Mm. And it's also recognition for what some of the good work we've been doing. But more importantly, it's enabling us to continually improve. So it's, it's not just a stamp and then we forget about it. Mm-mm. The the way that we're trying to approach it is that how can we use it as a tool to improve and bring others along that journey with us? And I think the more that it's growing now, the B Corp movement. So we are one of the first B Corps in the UK in, in 2015. And now there's over 1,500. Just in the UK? Just in the UK, yeah. So it's, okay. it's the UK is one of the fastest growing uh, communities in, in the world. Right. I mean, good for you guys, because, I mean, I think my perception was prior to talking to you that, you know, I'd heard of quite large organisations like Patagonia, for example. You know, they're quite big organisations, but for you as a relatively small business, you would recommend to other smaller businesses to to pursue, would you? Yeah, there's a cost involved, but I think that small cost enables you to be part of the community for change and the, the connections and collaborations that come from that mm. are incredible. And I think, yeah, I would recommend it. And I think SMEs, so small and medium-sized enterprises or small businesses, they might not have to adhere to certain legislation mm. that large organisations do, but I think that's coming. So for me, I think it's about being future fit mm-hmm. and about being ready because the changing legislation on carbon emissions, on environmental impact, it will come down to smaller and medium-sized businesses. So I think being as best prepared as you can and starting now, yeah. if, you, if you're not starting already, is, is definitely worth it. And there's so much support out there in, in the B Corp community. That's what's great about it. You know, if you have a question about a certain policy or practice, then you can ask the community and generally people are up for for help. So it's very much that sense of collaboration that we need. I mean, you mentioned it's only one of the things you can do, but plainly you as a business are very focused on being sustainable, looking at that as part of the bigger picture of obviously you've got to be a profitable business as well. But how do you measure success overall and how do you integrate sustainability impact into that measurement of success? Yeah, good question. I think it's trying to redefine what, what success looks like. Ah. <laughs> I think we're, we're common. You know, traditionally, I think yeah. successful businesses are ones that make money for their shareholders or investors. And I guess we we need to do that to survive in terms of making enough profit to to pay the staff and to run our overheads and and all of that and i think for me it's it's more than that so it's trying to measure the stuff that isn't traditionally measured mm. so measuring our impact in in the best way we can and again we're we're still exploring how to do this so is is it do we measure the number of customers we took out every year mm-hmm. but then for me it's about going a step further in measuring the quality as well as the quantity. So it's can we measure our precipitance, nature connection, or well-being mm. before and after 
and there's various tools out there that can do this and this is something that we've been exploring um, and haven't haven't quite decided what the best approach is but i think it's these types of things which really try and redefine what success looks like and also you know can we measure our impacts on our natural systems mm. you know there's there's an incredible framework so there's there's nine uh, planetary boundaries mm. and the latest science has highlighted that we're now six of those boundaries have been crossed so the, the, those are boundaries like climate change is one boundary for example mm. or ocean acidification etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah yeah so for us I, i've been exploring uh, can we measure our own business impact in terms of the planetary boundaries and other similar things so there's the un sustainable development goals we've been plotting out how our activities take action on certain goals mm-hmm. like life below water is one of the goals there's also something called the donor economics mm-hmm. and it by kate Raworth. Mm. and could we use that as a framework so we're still exploring like what's the best way to measure our impact. Mm. But I think for us, it's about trying to not necessarily know all the answers, but to ask the right questions mm. Mm. and chat to other businesses as well, see what they're doing, share best practice. So I think the, the finances and the sustainability is, is one thing. But I think for us, it's about how can we measure the true impact? Because mm. we don't. Currently, we don't pay for our impact on nature. I think starting small and then we're very passionate about being bold and ambitious, mm. but we need to start somewhere. And I think starting small is a wonderful phrase. Small is beautiful. Thank you. Plainly, it's a differentiator for TYF. I mean, it's interesting the number of people I've talked to Having mentioned the company's name, people who've heard of TYF, people have heard of your Andy Middleton and the work he's done, sort of pioneering some of these messages over the years. I mean, how does it in general play as part of your marketing and business development strategy? Does it help you set yourselves apart from other adventure providers in the area or is it something? I think when we talked before, you mentioned kind of a stealth mission in a way. I mean, talk talk to me a little bit about how how it helps with the audiences you're trying to reach. Yeah, I think it it helps, and is in some ways it we let it do its own talking. Mm. It's there's a balance again there. I think of if you have a good product, in theory, you shouldn't need to sell it because it should sell itself. Mm. But we live we live in a world where we communication and marketing is is huge, and we need to be proactive. Um, so it's having that balance. I think we could again, we're we're not experts, and we could definitely improve. But I think telling it how it is is really important. And for me personally, and hopefully for us as a business, it's about being honest and open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, not not saying we know all the answers, but saying that we. We're asking the right questions and we we try our best to do that through our marketing channels, through our newsletter with our customers, mm. sharing what we're up to, sharing challenges. Uh, we're on social media and, you know, I think it's doing that in a balanced way. 
we're, we're a very small team, so we do our best. I think another key learning is, is also listening to our audience, mm. not necessarily presuming they want to hear about this stuff or they know certain things. And it's an ongoing journey for exploration. It takes time as well. I think you build up a network over time. You know, we're very lucky that people have come to us and they, and they keep coming back. Mm. You know, we have lots of repeat customers. They, they then share that experience they've had with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, thank you. Um, I mean, turning to, I guess, the future or possibly the slightly bigger picture, looking at the challenges for the outdoor adventure sector as a whole, tell us a bit about how you see that. And I don't know whether this connects with the organisation venture shift that you're involved with. Yeah, as as we've briefly touched upon, it's it's a challenging time. You know, we're living through uh, an economic crisis or a cost of living crisis and you know, climate emergency. There's lots of stuff happening around the world which we need to acknowledge and and take action on. And the outdoor industry is is part of that system, mm. as as we all are. And there are challenges facing the outdoor industry. We mentioned the seasonality the outdoor industry and tourism, I think just getting through these times is a big challenge. There's mm. often, you know, we we need to think and plan for the long term. And you know, I love doing that and visioning and imagining what, mm. what we could be doing. However, or and we need to get through the present day as well. So it's a huge challenge for us um, as other providers in the space as well. And in the outdoor industry, we saw a few boom years if you like a few good years and for us it's about trying to have the foresight and reflection to think well it's not always going to be like that although in an ideal world it it could be if we inspire people to explore their local places and lead more holidays which are low carbon and not flying to Europe and other places Mm -hmm. which should be amazing so there's definitely challenges there and I think for us it's about trying to not grow too quickly Mm. I think I'm a firm believer of slowing down in order to speed up. Yeah, great phrase. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite phrases is "is slow is fast." Mm-hmm. So it's how can we, how can we do that as a business mm. and an industry as a whole? Mm-mm-mm. I think working together is is always going to be beneficial. So, what's the venture shift initiative about? Tell us about that briefly. Yeah, so that's a, a perfect um, flow into venture shift. So my work at TYF has enabled me to connect with other people in the industry. And I mm. I met a, a wonderful person, Johnny Norton, and we, we've been chatting about some ideas over the past 12 months. And that's evolved into venture shift, which is a, is a new initiative. So we're the co-facilitators or co-designers, and we are exploring what a a sort of future collection or movement of the outdoor industry could be so it's it's a systems change transformation initiative and the idea is to bring different players from across the outdoor industry together to to co-imagine and co-create a vision in the context of the climate and nature emergency so a phrase that i've borrowed from my colleague who you mentioned earlier andy middleton was mm. The phrase is 
what would you set out to do if you knew you couldn't fail? <laughs> and we're our plan is to ask the outdoor industry that question. Yeah. And then try and come together to co-create and co-imagine a vision. So it's it's an evolving and emerging startup. So we'll we'll see what happens, but we're keen to to have that collaborative and compassionate approach and really open for ideas. We're coming to the end of our chat. What I'd be interested in wrapping up with would just be what are the sort of key learnings that you might share for other people who are either running adventure businesses or thinking of setting up a a business in the outdoor adventure space? What are the key learnings from TYF that you would be keen to get across? Lots of learnings, I think. If I was to try and highlight a few, uh, maybe live live your values, Mm. I think is really important. You know, as a business or a startup or anyone thinking about going into business I think it's we can no longer just run a business or start a business to make money I think hopefully we're beyond that Mm. and that we shouldn't be running a business today if it isn't having a positive impact on people and the planet Mm. so I think having a positive mission having a sense of that vision and core values Mm-hmm. And then sticking to them, mm. you know, it's very easy not to. It's very easy to write a mission and then set out some values as a team. And then six months later, everything gets really busy and you compromise all of that. Yeah. So I think saying no is is a good thing. <laughs> oh, and interesting. Yeah. In what- it's easy to say yes and figure it out later. But then that could have an impact on people's well-being and for me it's prioritizing the people prioritizing your team Mm. and it's okay to say no sometimes saying no is seen as a weakness but I think it's actually a strength and it's sometimes really difficult to do particularly if you're a small business and you know you're struggling to get going but I think all of us have had the experience of taking on a project or taking on some work or whatever it might be that we subsequently regret for whatever reason. And yeah, having the courage to say no, I think is a really good learning. Good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah what <laughs> else? Anything, any other sort of pearls of wisdom? Well, I guess just off the back of that one, you mentioned courage and there's a lovely little quote from the uh, politician in the United States, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm who said um, we can be whatever we have the courage to see Mm. so I think having using that as a little flow into I think having the courage or the ability to think big and bold and then follow that up with with actions Mm. but they might not be actions immediately so it's knowing when to push and when not to so maybe a learning there is having the ability to reflect And I think for us, it's it's relatively simple to to get outside and that time in nature because we're we're immersed in it and it's so close. So for for any other businesses listening, I think going for a walk, mm. taking your team with you, and listening to them is is a real key learning. And it's it's so easy again not to do, but I think it's so important. So prioritizing that yeah. that listening and well being is is definitely a key learning. 
Yeah, and I loved your example earlier about, you know, actually the impact of learning, of doing it in the outdoors. Yeah. And the multiplication effect. So actually, you know, real benefit to doing it in lots of ways. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so we use the lots of nature connection uh, learnings and, and tools within our work. And there's there's something called the five pathways to nature connectedness. Mm-hmm. Mm. And grounding within those is something called it's about moments, not minutes. Mm. So time outside in nature is is great. You know, the more time you spend outside, it's fantastic. And it's not only just about the time, it's about the moments as well. Mm. So it's about what we actually do and, and how we do it. Mm-hmm. So even if it's you know ten minutes outside, you know watching the sunset, or you know it's those moments that really have an impact. Yeah. So I think, yeah, moments, not minutes, is a wonderful little takeaway as well. That's a really good one. And you know, given that a lot of the people listening to this will work in the outdoors space, but how do you create those moments, those experiences for your client base? as well as guiding them up a mountain or taking them co-steering or whatever it might be, um, is a really good uh, pointer. Yeah, thank you. I think we've covered a huge spectrum there. Really interesting and helpful. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time to talk to us. Um, really appreciate it. I know people listening will as well. Um Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Really good to chat and would love to chat more. If anyone wants to reach out, you can contact me through TYF, tyf.com or chris.w at tyf.com. Really keen to um, continue the conversation. And like I said, we're still learning and we're really keen to go on that learning journey together with people who are up for a challenge. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for that offer. Goodbye for now. Um, People listening, um, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Don't forget to follow the Business of Adventure uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out our blog on Substack, um, search for the Business of Adventure. But thank you, Chris, and goodbye. And thanks for taking the time. Bye. Cheers.